Hello there, mortals of Universe 7. <clears throat> I'm Mysterious Jackson from the Mysterious Jackson Show. And previously, I was doing a biopic documentary on Michael Joseph Jackson. And today's episode, I'm going to continue that. I hope you enjoy it. So, previously I was talking about his discography and his solo career, and I left off in the bad era. So I'm going to continue that. So, during the process of him making the bad album, 33 songs was written for that album. Nearly every song that ended up on that album was written by him except for a couple. Songs that were written by him that ended up on the album was the title track, Bad, The Way You Make Me Feel, Smooth Criminal, I Can't Stop Loving You, Another Part of Me, Speed Demon, Librarian Girl, um, Dirty Diana, and Leave Me Alone. Songs that were intended for that album that he written and some he didn't write were Free, Fly, Streetwalker, Al Capone, I Can't Stop Loving You, French, and Spanish version. There's even an unreleased Japanese version. And even though almost every song that he wrote ended up on the album, there are songs that ended up in the album that he didn't write. Songs like Just Good Friends, Man in the Mirror, Groove Midnight, um, what else? Um, Streetwalker, and I'm So Blue, Price of Fame, Man in the Mirror, and the Bad Remix, produced by Michael and Quincy, and it's not really a remix per se, it was just an extended version of the original demo, and with some, um, riffs and ad-libs that were taken from the original demo and put in for the um, dance Now there's other songs that he's written, but not all of them were for bad. Some of them were for filler. Songs like 
Um, don't be you messing around. Um, free and um, the price of fame and Grooving Midnight was actually written for um, him, but it was wasn't written by him, it was written by uh, uh, so, uh, Sid Garrett. She also written Man in the Mirror. It was a demo that um, was written for him because little do you guys know he was in the process of writing the Dangerous album before you know Dangerous was even done songs that were also intended for the album were some of the songs I named but here's the thing Earth Song isn't just a history song or a danger song it was written during the bad album sessions but it was cut because it didn't fit the direction he wanted and um another song that was written for the bad album but was cut was Ghost of Another Lover and there's a snippet of that you can hear and other songs was intended for that album was Get It featuring Stevie Wonder and Eatin' Alive featuring Diane Ross. My favorite songs from that album is not just from the songs that's on the album, is Al Capone and Price of Fame, um, The Bad Remix. Abortion Papers, um, Fly, and Streetwalker, and I'm So Blue. I love some of those. And although some of those songs didn't make the cut, those were songs that he liked but didn't fit the album, so he would take them off. Because those songs to him didn't stand out. And I also like Loving You, the original version before it became I Can't Just Stop Loving You. But the reason why that song was cut and it feels unfinished because the the warp from the tape wasn't at the best quality and he don't like to release things that aren't of best quality. So that's why that song was cut. But I, I love it because it's a raw original demo. And I feel that, you know, it didn't need any atlas, but I understand why to a lot of people it feels unfinished because when he's finished with a song and he likes it, he puts all the ad-libs in it. And although he wanted to rework that because that song was gonna be on This Is It. And he was gonna perform all the new ones and some of the classic ones. And it took him 
35 times to get that song finished. And then when he finished it, he was working on something else. He was working on a dangerous album. And a little known fact, um, do you remember the time that was actually written during the bad session? And early 1998 but was cut because Michael again didn't like quality of the sound of it the sound sounded dated to him so he needed to update it so that's why he waited until um, early 1990 to 91 to rework it and finish it and release it and now back on to the 90s. Okay. Back in early 1990 end of August, early September Michael had started working on the Dangerous album because he wanted to make a more hip-hop New Jack Swing album. And this is where the point where people told him that hip-hop is dead and because they found it odd that he liked rap music and hip-hop and he loved rap. And so much so that there's rappers that he worked with Rappers included that he worked with was LL, Biggie Smalls, Ice Cube, and Shaq on his fourth album. And um, he also um, worked with um, Brian Loren. He's the his co-writer. That was. Um, Michael's uh, music writing partner. He's did songs with him, such as he co-wrote um, "Do the Bartman." He and Michael um, wrote the uh, Bartman rap, performed by uh, Nancy Cartwright, voice of Bart Simpson. He also um, wrote the song "Happy Birthday, Lisa" because he was a Simpsons fan, and his favorite Simpsons characters were Bart and Lisa. So, he felt immense joy when he got asked to write a song for that show because he loved The Simpsons and the character John J. Smith, that's my character's alter ego name because he didn't want, he wanted to see if people could figure out, um, if they could find out who was voicing the character. And it was actually him voicing the character, but he wanted to play a prank on his brother on April Fool's because Mike was a prankster, so that's why he did that. And believe it or not, the Star Star Raising Dad is my first episode of The Simpsons. Like, not to say like that episode got me into The Simpsons because I used to watch it when it was a short back on the Tracy Ullman show 
when it just used to be, you know, a short, and the show used to be called, um, My Life in Hell. And the Simpsons character all used to be bunny rabbits. And so when I found out there was an episode called, um, Star Craving Dad, and Michael Jackson, um, voice the character that made me love the show even more and that being my first episode and ultimately I I loved The Simpsons already because like I said I watched the shorts but that episode made me take the show seriously like I'm like oh somebody like Michael Jackson likes the show this show has to have pizza. And prior to that, he was so committed to the role and trying to fool people into not thinking it w- wasn't him. He had somebody that he mentored, somebody by the name of Tim Lennon, that he personally hired to do the thing part. But he did the talking part. And once I found that out, I was impressed. And that's why I will do anything that I can to try to get that episode back on the air because that episode is timeless. It is a masterpiece. It's classic. And I'm not just saying that because Michael Jackson is on that episode. I'm saying that even though it gives huge star power, that show has a very meaningful message on how brothers are but they should be to the little sisters on their birthday. And Bart, he was really trying to be there for her sister on her birthday. Because everybody um, overlooked her, except for um, Maggie, because Maggie understood, and I felt so bad for Lisa because she is often overlooked and underrated and looked down upon. But when Bart stepped through, I was really proud because, just like Lisa, I love Bart and. Me too. Like I love Bart Simpson, and when Michael told Bart to step up for his sister's birthday, I was like, "Oh shit!" And he quoted by saying, "Look, boy, either Michael Jackson came with you on the recording studio in L.A. It's up to you to take it. It's your choice." And I'm like, oh shit, Mike done stepped up and got mad. <laughs> and the your choice part was taken out, but in the, um, the promo episode that online was put in there, but it was taken out at the last minute due to the airing time. But it was a great episode, and I love it. And now, Back on 
the album in his career. And here's where it gets scary. Now, I'm going to talk about the 1993 incident and how I really feel about it. So if anybody is in the room, you either got two choices. Stay and listen. Or just turn off the episode. Because what I'm going to say isn't for kids. And the language in this episode isn't for kids either. It's going to be explicit content. And those of you who know my show already should understand that. Okay, now that I got that disclaimer out the way. Back at the end of 1992, Michael had just got off the dangerous tour, um in Tokyo and then he had received a message from somebody in the Ryan family I forget the boy's last name it was a boy named Brian that had cancer and was dying soon and his dying wish before he leaves the planet and goes home to the gates of heaven was to meet Michael and hang out with him and it was the time of his life but unfortunately a day after he spent the day with Michael the cancer got a hold of him and uh, ended his life. And he unfortunately passed away. And that wounded Michael deeply because people had accused Mike of killing him. Because he died well, at Michael's heart. And that wasn't the case. Cancer was the thing that ultimately took him out. But due to, you know, his star power and people wanting money, they wanted to um, accuse Mike. And this was before the 1993 incident. And thus, Michael having a good heart and being Michael and trying to be loving to any child here comes the Chandler saga okay the beginning of 1996 Michael would do things out of the kindness of his heart. But certain individuals like Evan Chandler 
and didn't see it like that because he wanted money. So what did the father, Ed, Evan Chandler, do? He did something really sick, and you really shouldn't do this to any of your kids. He gave him blue pills that will make you lose your mind and have your mind altered. And he overdosed his son. Yes? Okay. Sorry about that, guys. And the boy's mindset was altered. So being being that he was in an altered state and not in the right frame of mind, he, uh... He altered his mind state, and then when he was dazed and not really there in his mind, the father asked his son, did Michael Joseph Jackson touch you? And being that his mind state was altered, he said yes, even though he knew the truth, he knew that Michael didn't touch him. He even said that the main motive is that I will make them give me what I want and I will ruin him and this man won't be able to make another album or sell another concert again. And he said, I'll make them give me what I want, which is money. And another reason why he did that is because he was jealous of Michael. Because Jordan was so enamored with um, spending time with Michael, playing Street Fighter and Dragon Ball Z, and watching cartoons and watching movies and eating snacks, and calling on the phone to have a conversation and chilling. Uh, the father got jealous of that, and then, I'm not really blaming the boy on anything, because he's a victim in all of it, due to his father's insolence, Jordan asked Michael if he could call him daddy, and Michael said, and I quote, I don't mind, but why in the hell do you want me to? be your dad when you already have a father. I don't want your dad getting jealous of me and then trying to ruin my life. And then that's when um, he told Michael his story. That he didn't love his father because his father treated him bad. And once he said that, he was sold on it. And another reason why he got jealous is because he twisted his son's words 
and said that, you know, we have sleepovers and we do all types of fun stuff. But just because he wanted money, he was trying to get anything he could out of that and saying that he was molested, and that's a very powerful word, and that's something you shouldn't play with. But that's not what needed to be done. That's not Michael's heart. When Michael wants to hang around children, it's because he wants to give them what he hasn't had as a child. Because when he grew up, he had to hang around adults. And that's why he is the way he is when it comes to children. He's not thinking about that. Usually when people do get abused, they do think like that. But if you watch all the evidence and watch all the interviews, Michael didn't want that. He was abused like that when he was a kid. And usually when people are abused, that's usually what they do. But it wasn't wasn't him. He wanted to support charities that involve children. He wanted to um, hang out with them, get to know them, and be a kind heart to them. And he wanted to give the world his love. And when he essentially got paid like allegedly paid them off he didn't he didn't pay off the family he did that because Michael had a shitty lawyer that said even if he won he would still lose so he figured he had to do something and then once he found out his financial advisor Tomei Tomei was robbing him financially blind and raping him financially that's why Michael did what he did and that's what ultimately ruined him and then that's that's something that haunted him for the rest of his life Michael regretted, regretted doing that he said he regretted it up until he um and even when he was talking although slurred and drained and sounding out of it he said before he died and I quote I really regret doing that because ultimately that ruined my life and I didn't want my legacy to be going out like that. And now, looking back on it, I regret it. Because now, I'm dying. And I don't want to be remembered that way. When I do my show, I want them and the fans and the kids to say this is the greatest show I have ever seen in my life and when I heard that 
I broke down and cried because even though that was him talking, that's not how I wanted to remember him. And no, um, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that in a few minutes. if I try to hit the, hit the pause button, it'll stop it entirely. Okay, thanks. It's a long story, dear. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Taking a little break. Yeah, when I heard him speak like that, I was hurt, I was saddened, and I was crushed. Because that man did not have to go through what he was going through. And that's why when Michael died, the father killed himself. And up until, you know, before he passed, he was working on two albums. He was working on the This Is It album, which was going to have over 22 songs on it. Because it was a, it was gonna be a three disc set. This one was gonna have the classics, and this one was gonna have the new songs plus the title album, which this is it was a thriller track featuring uh, Paul Linka, who was a great writer. He wrote songs for um, he wrote songs and music for the Johnny Carson show, and. Um, <clears throat> He also uh, 
did stuff for the Tonight Show in its early premiere. And he also worked with um, Tom Jones. He also did a um, duet album with uh, Michael, Tom Jones, and many others. And that's where the song ultimately ended up on in the 2013 album, Paul Inca Duets Album. Which is a great album. But I also love the album because it had a Michael Jackson song on it from the Thriller Day. And speaking of Paul Inca and Michael Jackson... Um, you know the song that Drake used, It Don't Matter to Me? That was not actually the case. That song actually is an unreleased early version to Who Is It Who, which ended up on the Dangerous album. And that's how that song came about. And to update it, they had to put a little, um, melodying in slightly auto-tuning which it doesn't bother me to an extent but I I do not really love auto-tune I actually hate it I think that's one of the worst things to happen to the music business personally I mean it doesn't sound bad on Michael but I wouldn't have put it on his voice his voice is already tuned enough it doesn't need auto-tune I mean, if anything, I would rather put Melodyne on it. If anything. But. That's what made me. That song. What made me respect Drake as an artist. Because of who he paid respect to. And even though I'm upset that he, he won't be able to perform that song in any of his concerts because he's dead and I'm also upset that Drake won't be able to perform that because of this bullshit ass documentary with the allegations with the leaving Netherland which came out and while I'm on the subject how I personally feel about that documentary it's nothing but lies well the second half of it anyway the second half of it being like because Wade, he's nothing but a liar. He's an opportunist. And he should be ashamed of himself because he dated Michael Jackson's niece, Brandy Jackson, daughter of Jackie Jackson. God bless you, brother. Your daughter is a delight. You and her mother did a phenomenal job raising her. I commend you, Jackie. God be with you, my brother. And you know that song that he wrote and recorded for an event book called You're a Liar? Um, yeah, that's about Wade. And, um, James... Safe Chuck should be ashamed of himself because I knew the kid personally and he didn't know who Michael Jackson was until he met me. The reason how I say that is because I went to school with him. This kid, he would say all the time, 
And I quote, uh, dude, who is this Michael Jackson you're always talking about? And why are you always listening to him? His music can't be that good. I said, oh, really, Jimmy? Take a listen for yourself. And then, so he heard the unreleased songs that I was listening to. He's like, wow, dude, this dude's pretty cool. And those dance moves that he does, those are really cool too. I think I'm making him a fan. I see why you like him so much, dude. Yeah, and I said, yeah, told you. And and the rest was history there. And then he only said that because he wanted to jump on the bandwagon because everybody around me that grew up with me was fans of him and like there was at least 13 people that I grew up with that I went to school with that were Michael Jackson fans just like I was and then so just to fit in he wanted to jump on the bandwagon and then one day this dude has got his lunch taken by someone and he reported me to the principal saying that you know I stole his lunch and then I smacked his his ass when I didn't so the principal came up to me and was like uh did you uh touch James's uh, rear end? I said, no. He's like, then why is he saying that? I said, um, he's saying that because you got his lunch stolen, and then I accidentally bumped him, and he tried to make it seem like I touched him when I didn't. So when they saw the tape and found out that I was telling the truth, he got fired. And got suspended. Because the reason why he got fired is because he had a summer job after um, school. And then when they found out that he, he lied about the whole thing, they fired him. And then when the documentary came out, this dude had a YouTube channel. And I hit him up on YouTube, and then when he found out that Mysterious Jackson was me, he got scared. Because he knew that I knew what he did was wrong, so that's why that happened. And so ultimately, that's why the song, it doesn't matter to me, got removed from Drake's performance set. And though I get, I get why he did it. I'm not really, I'm not really mad at him for that. Because it's probably a business standpoint. He probably didn't want to do that because he loves Michael. He often referenced Michael Jackson in his rap. 
And for that, I commend him and I respect him for that because he knows who the God is and he knows who the goat is. So, I respect that. No, he probably didn't want to do it. He said in the interview he didn't want to do it. But because of business, he had to do it. And he probably didn't want to lose his revenue if he didn't care for it. So, and then the day of Michael's passing. It it was hard for me because he is somebody I looked up to and still look up to severely. Like he's taught me a lot. He taught me to be a perfectionist. He taught me to be myself. And to never let the child in you die. Because if you let the child in you die, then it's over. You'll be a miserable old man. And I didn't want that and I don't want that. But he also taught me to be true to yourself. Don't change for anybody. Even if you are forced into something, stand your ground and don't change who you are. And be true to who you are. Don't join the bandwagon for something. And always try to honor your family by honoring yourself. day he died June 25th 2009 was the saddest day of my life because that really hurt me I thought he was going to be the ones one of the ones of my kind to still be around and even though he was he's older than me, he's been on the music business way before I was born. He was still somebody that I look up to. His music is a big part of my life. We're very similar in a lot of ways. Especially when it comes to, you know, the things we love and the things we care about and the things we're passionate about. And we love music, but it really hurt me when he was killed and so young and by a, a doctor a physician somebody that's supposed to help the sick not kill the sick and he didn't do what he was obligated to do he didn't do his job but then December 14th of 2010 the Michael album came and it was the most anticipated album because it was some something he was working on 2007 2006 2005 and 2008 and briefly in 2009 but he was also working on 
This Is It. So he was working on the This Is It album and the Michael album. Now, there is some controversy with this album. I know the truth, and what isn't the truth? The truth is, every song on that album is Michael. Whether you want to accept it or you don't, that's fine if you don't. If you don't agree, you think it's not, that's up to you. But I would tell you every song on this album is Michael. I heard the originals to these songs. Yeah, some of them are really good, but you gotta you gotta keep in mind those songs when he was recording them, he wasn't at a hundred percent. His voice wasn't at a hundred percent on some of the songs. So they had to do what they had to to update them and for it to be fresh. And that's what ultimately came into question with the songs. People thought that Jason Malachi was on the album. And I can see why you say that, but if you listen to Michael as long as I have, you would know the truth. And Jason Malachi did not sing any of these songs. And somebody hacked the man's Facebook from when he first made it. And tried to uh, take his name. And said that he did it. And Jason wasn't in New Jersey. He was in LA at a casino recording the album. He was recording his own album, mind you. And I got a chance to actually talk to him personally. And he told me, he, through his displeasement, he told me that, you know, he didn't do it. And I told him. I, 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 told, I told him if you keep doing what you're doing you're going to end up in jail and he kept on doing what he was doing like he was going around and then he was going around pretending to be Michael or whatnot and then not only did he do that, he broke his um, contract in his record label. He um, re- released his music without, you know, his manager or his label's consent. Because if let me tell you something about the industry: if you're if you have a manager or a distributor or somebody to back you in your corner, and you go behind their back. And behind the company, that's gonna ruin your career because all the time they spent investing in you, marketing you, and promoting you, that will make not only you look bad but the label look bad and make them lose a lot of investment money in you. And ultimately, that's what Jason did. 
he went around uh, singing the songs. He covered the song, and then he tried to pass it off as Michael's song when people know his voice and have the original songs. And that being said, that's what ultimately brought the controversial to the album. Even though the song is Michael, the songs that are in question are Michael's because those songs were made years before Michael even heard of Jason. He knows who Jason is. He was thinking about putting Jason on the tour with him until he found out that he was impersonating him. And if you try to pretend to be someone, they're not going to take too kindly to that. Unless you're doing something as a tribute, that's fine. But if the person that you're trying to pay tribute to doesn't approve of you, maybe you shouldn't do it. And that's what ultimately ruined Jason's career. He is in prison now. And then, um, he wasn't the only person to do it. Um, somebody by the name of, uh, Gene Walker did it. And I told them both not to do that. And they ultimately got their careers ruined. And then they ultimately tried to shit on Michael's legacy and I wasn't having it. And that led ultimately up to, you know, the music coming out that you hear today. The Michael album has six singles from that album. And the singles include Behind the Mask, Hold My Hand, Much Too Soon, Monster, Keep Your Head Up, and Hollywood Tonight, and what else is a single? Actually, there's seven, but the seventh one don't get played too much. Another Day, aka I Can't um, Make It Another Day Without Your Love. Which was a song he recorded with um, Lenny Kravitz. Michael Michael really loved that song. And Lenny Kravitz even talks about the song when recording it with him. And how um, Michael wanted him to be tough on him. And... Lenny Kravitz would even uh, state that in the um, interview. And he will also do his impression of his experience with Michael. And he even said the opening lyric, my life has taken me beyond the planets and the stars, was a very trippy and scary record for him because he's no longer here now. Songs that also appeared on the Michael album that is a single, Best of Joy, which is a song 
that was made for Invincible back in early 2001 to 2004 which the song was made for Invincible but didn't come out until four years later it was actually on the Ultimate Collection album in the um the uh black one the black and silver album version of it because certain states you would get certain songs and unfortunately I had to order it and then when I ordered the um Ultimate Collection I got songs that I've gotten and received were Best of Joy, Carousel, uh, Someone Put Your Hand Out, Early Demo Mix, and then um, Someone Put Your Hand Out, Bad Album Version, and Nightline. And which were some great songs by the way and back in 2005 he had took a break but he was always writing and recording music and on revisiting songs that he already done and that's what um this was it was supposed to be a comeback for and a revisit of all the classics and as well as some new ones that he wanted to release and revisit. That's why Escape came out. That's why um, there's this new um, there's this new Michael Jackson album coming out, and it's gonna have some some of the songs I mentioned. Like there's gonna be some new there's a new album coming out, and there's gonna be some songs on it. And that's why that's also why some classics are coming out. Like the Destiny album's coming back out came back out, actually came out um, early this year, and that's why um, Thriller is getting a, another re-release, because they had remade Thriller, the movie, the short film, and made a, three, a 3D alternate ending of it, and that's great, and I've seen it, and I... I'm still considered 47 years later I'm still impressed with it I'm 31 now and I can still say pop on anything Michael Jackson and I'll be impressed with it because that's how great his talent is and was and until Justice will vindicate him. I will personally make it my mission to vindicate him and get the truth out. And that's why Wade is salty because his case failed. His performance has failed. And that's why he didn't get the Sordis Lake job. And that's why. He said that Michael sexually abused him to 14 and 7 and 17 years old because he thought he was going to get heat. And he got heat, alright? But it was the wrong kind of heat because his case got thrown out. 
So that's why he lost. Stay tuned for part three of the Michael Jackson documentary, Biopic. I'm Mysterious Jackson, and until we meet again, I'll see you soon. Goodbye for now. And always remember, it's all for love. L-O-V-E. I love all my friends around the world. Goodbye.